0: Thanks for your prayers, praying you have a great service. I know Vernon's going to do an awesome job for you. So God bless. Have a great morning. Awesome. Good morning, church. Uh, As he mentioned, my name is Vernon. Some of you may recognize me. Been around here for a few years now. Um, And I'm extremely honored to be in front of you this morning. Uh, Unfortunately, like Mike said, it's not under the best circumstances. Uh, But if you would, uh, continue to lift up his Father, uh, in your prayers, um, as he said that he would have a fresh revelation that he 'd really see jesus um, uh, he 's living on his own in Arizona, um, so just that he would have community that he would see Jesus feel Jesus um, or just i 'm excited that Mike gets to go there um, and be with him. Uh, you guys have an awesome pastor and uh, and he 's willing to drop everything <laughs> and go um, and I think that that 's pretty cool so um <clears throat> Yeah, but I'm I'm very excited to be here. So, like I said, my name is Vernon. I'm um, just want to welcome you guys here, those here and those watching uh, online. Um, I'm I'm married into the family, so pretty uh, pretty stoked about that. Um, and I'm very excited because this morning we get to be in First John chapter three. Who's ready? Awesome. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you. Um, we thank you for your word. Uh, that you've given it, it's inspired and true and relevant. Uh, God, that we can read it, put it into action. God, I pray that you'd mold our hearts this morning, you'd soften our hearts, that we would change. God, this morning might get a little challenging, might be a little uncomfortable. God, I pray that you'd break us out of our comfort zones. God, that we would be out of our comfort zones so we could live fully for you. God, would you be here this morning, we pray in in Jesus' name, amen. Awesome. So as you guys know, we're in 1 John. Uh, We've been here for a couple Sundays now because our theme this year is to find joy in the journey, right? Tried to make it really clear this year so you don't forget it. Finding joy in the journey. And the way we find joy in the journey, each month we're focusing on a different Theme and so last month we talked about laughing as you can see up on the other side. Now uh, we can find joy in the journey as we laugh, and then this month we get to find joy in the journey as we love. Now last Sunday, as as Brennan mentioned, we had Will and Matt here, which was great. But the Sunday before that, we were in John, First John chapter two, and then before that, we were in First John chapter one. We're cruising right through First John. Is anyone excited? Short little letter. Now, John, first John is really interesting uh, because John is writing this in his old age. He's an old man. He's he's been around the block a few times. He's an old man. Does anyone have like a really old grandpa or grandpa figure in their life who's just wise? Doesn't talk much, but when he does, you listen. Yeah, that, that's how John is when he's writing the letter of First John. He's he's an old man. Uh, and he's got a lot of wisdom with him. And so he doesn't, he doesn't beat around the bush. If you've read, read anything from Paul, he's real linear. He lays out these arguments and he goes through, and Romans is a real long book, but in it is dense with theology. 1 John is a little different. It's not real linear. He kind of cruises around these themes and he comes back to them and he goes to a different theme and he comes back to it. But it's all real simple. There's light, there's darkness. There's love, there's hate. There's truth and there's sin. He doesn't doesn't spend time beating around the bush. It's kind of why it's a fun book, if you will. It's real clear. You can't read and go, what's he trying to say? (laughs) So John's writing first, John, and he's trying to make it really clear. Now, now John, in his old age, is, is an overseer of these churches in Ephesus, these house churches that are around Ephesus. He's kind of their spiritual father, their leader. And so that's who he's writing this particular letter to. Now, one of the things that's interesting about this letter is that he doesn't say, dear brethren. He doesn't start out with the the usual dear. So likely this was for a large group of churches that would get passed around. And and then he doesn't end it in the normal letter way. If you look at the start and the end, they're very different from a lot of the letters Paul wrote. In, In much of the way a sermon is, he just goes right into it and then he ends and he says, don't follow idols, and the book's done. So it's kind of like this poetic sermon that we get. So he's writing to these group of churches, these house churches in Ephesus, and he wants to tell them a couple things, and he wants to tell them because likely there was a crisis that happened. A crisis had happened in these churches where a group of people had, had broken off from the churches and were likely uh, not, not um, how would you say, they broke off from these churches And they didn't really like what was going on in these churches. They were spewing hate. They were actively against them. And so John writes this letter to address that. And he says a couple of things. One, God is with you. Who needs to hear that today? God is with you. And secondly, he wants to assure them that they can have eternal life, assure them of God's salvation. And he does that. He says you can can assure yourself of that if you follow his commands. We actually saw that in chapter 2. Secondly, if you love one another, I want to talk about that today. And thirdly, if you believe in Jesus Christ. That's how you can be assured of salvation. You can know that you're in God's will. This is some cool stuff happening in First John. So he writes these churches. And now one of the things we, we do have to know is that these churches were likely facing this heretical view of Gnosticism. Now, I, I know a lot of you are like, let's just talk about Gnosticism all hour, right? We can't. I can't even go into it right now. But, but you have to know this, that John was telling them in chapter two how to avoid the Antichrist, the people that were not of God. How, how, do, how, do, uh, how do you identify them? How do you know that they're an antichrist? And how do you get away? <laughs> and, then, and then secondly, you want to assure them of their salvation. You can know you're in the will of God if you're doing these things. Okay? We're going to get right into it. Are you guys ready? All right. First John chapter 3. If you would, open your Bibles. It'll also be on screen. You guys can actually flip to 11. We're going to actually start in 11, but I'm going to give you a little bit of the synopsis of the early chapters, uh, the early verses in 1 John. First John starts out with, uh, in chapter 3, see what kind of love the Father has given to us. You want to see love? You want to see what kind of love God has for you? That we should be called children of God. Now, what kind of people are called children? You've got to be adopted into the family to be called a child, right? Because you want to know love? You want to you know what love is? God calls you a child of God. You're in God's family. God has uh, redeemed you, brought you into his family. That's love. Then he goes on. And so are we, the reason why the world does not know us is that it did not know him. Loved, we are God's children now. now, and what we will has not yet appeared. But what we know uh, but we know that when he appears, he shall be. We shall be like him, because he shall see. We shall see him as he is. And everyone who is thus hopes in him purifies himself as he is pure. So what John essentially goes into, he goes. He goes. You want to know love? You're a child of God. You've been brought into his family. That is love. God died for you, redeemed you, brought you into his family. That's love. Now, now, you've got to live rightly. He, he calls it righteousness in First John. It's right conduct. Okay, so as part of being a child of God, you live rightly. You live with righteousness, right conduct. And and as part of living with right conduct, that is proof of your membership with God's family. (laughs) You see the circle? God redeemed you. You're a child of God. That's how you know you're loved, and that means you should live rightly. And if you're living rightly, you know you're in membership in God's family. Are we tracking? Okay, now, verse 11. <clears throat> should be on the screen as well. For this is the message that you've heard from the beginning, that we should love one another. John says, you've heard this before. This isn't new. You've, you've heard this one. It's in all over the Old Testament. He's right, likely writing to uh, some Jews in the area who'd, who would have learned this from the very beginning. God is love. This isn't new. This is the message you've always heard, that we should love one another. But he's going to go into some details. Verse 12. We should not be like Cain, who was of the evil one and murdered his brother. And why did he murder him? Because his own deeds were evil and his brother's righteousness. Do not be surprised, brothers, that the world hates you. We know that we have passed out of death into life because we love the brothers. Whoever does not love abides in death. And whoever hates his brother is a murderer, and you know that no murderer has eternal life abiding in him. So he says, just before this, right, that as a part of God's family you're going to live rightly with righteousness, okay? And that's how you know you're in God's family. And then he goes right into this story about Cain. He goes, if you're going to live rightly, You're going to live with righteousness in God's family. You might be hated. Likely, this was the very thing going on in 1 John, the people that were reading 1 John. And so he he says, how long has this been going on? How How long has this, you being hated for doing righteousness, been going on? Do you remember the first humans? Remember them? It happened there. It happened with the first humans, Cain and Abel. Abel was hated for his righteousness. Don't be like Cain. Sorry, Abel. Don't be like Cain. Cain, evil acts, Cain's unrighteousness, his evil deeds led him to be a murderer of Abel. So he has a stern warning, but also there's this piece of hope within inside of this that says, you're going to be hated. It's been happening since the dawn of creation. Don't worry. This isn't new. You being hated for doing the right thing at the right moment. You being hated for your righteousness, for your right living. This has been going on since Cain. You're going to love each other anyway. You're going to love each other anyway. We're going to keep reading. Verse 16. By this... We know love. Now, I, I find this part particularly interesting because part of this group likely this so this was happening over all of the early church. They had this heretical view of Gnosticism. And, and really simply, it just held that the key to salvation was knowledge. Knowledge. Now we don't have that anywhere in the 21st century, do we? <laughs> No longer called Gnosticism, but, but very similar. So they believed that the key to salvation was knowledge, that to know things, and as you g- begin to know and know, and the more you know, the more you're s- saved. And I find it so interesting that John so simply says, by this we know love. He doesn't stress the knowledge part. He doesn't stress the learning more. He doesn't stress the, the, the fact that we need to gain more knowledge. He says, no, 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 what you should know is love. By this we know love. And how do you know something? You experience it. You live it. You understand it. Let's see what else he has to say. 16. By this we know love, that he laid down his life for us, that we ought to lay down our lives for the brothers. But if any has the world's goods and sees his brother in need, yet closes his heart against him, How does God's love abide in him? Little children, let us not love in word or in talk, but in deed and in truth. How do you know you're loving? You you can't just talk about it. You've got to do it. Love isn't just a word. You can't just talk about it. You've got to do it. In the very same way, it's just like skateboarding. You can't just talk about skateboarding, you have to do it. Right? Let's roll the video. In this video training series, we're gonna be showing you how to perfect some of the hottest moves in skateboarding, moves like the Indian style. The backwards, the bendy, the goofy bendy,
1: the even goofier bendy. We'll even show you how to perfect some advanced moves here at the skate park.
0: Check this out. Oh, before you try these moves, make sure you have the proper padding. Yeah! Oh, and if this is your first time, don't worry. It's easier than it looks. Let's do this! Okay, here goes the first move. Check it out! Really about to do this. Here you go. Okay. Go
1: for it, Tyler!
0: Bad idea, Tyler. Okay. This is happening. One. Two. You know what? I think I forgot something. Check out some of these other moves while I go get it. Okay. <laughs> moves like the scoot, the plank, the
1: thing most people can already do, <laughs> the sandwich,
0: the personal trainer, the pillow. And that's not all. We'll teach you the briefcase, the TV tray, <laughs> the lazy Susan, and this. Sweet! Now showing me advanced moves, Tyler. We're gonna have to watch the video to see that. Just show one move! Suspense is the best marketing here. Trust me! I totally disagree. I have a headache. Not doing the move. Okay? (laughs) Little a little silly, (laughs) right? But you can't you can't just talk about it, right? You can't just say you're a skateboarder and not do it, right? As silly as that was, I think John thought it was just as silly to say that you love somebody and not do it Love has to be done. Love is in deeds. Stop talking about it, do it deeds you got to get off your butt and go to the hospital deeds right you have to. You've got to put the pot on the stove, cook the soup, and bring it over deeds, right? You've, you've got to pull out the checkbook, write the check, and send it deeds. Love is not about saying you love somebody. It's about doing it, right? As a Christian, in the, in the gospel of John, he says you're going to know your Christians by your love. And not just saying I love you, you've got to show it. You've got to put it into motion. As Christians, we can't just sit idly by and pretend like we're loving somebody when we say, oh, I love you. I think the love word has become so permeated in Christianity because we just say it and we're not doing it so much. Guys, can you do it? Love, put it into action. It's about deeds. Is anybody with me? Praise the Lord. He says, he says just before that, he says, you're going to know love because Christ laid down his life and we ought to lay down our Christ, our, ourselves for our brothers, right? Well, what John is saying is that if a deed is tough, if a deed costs you a lot and a deed has to be done, you do it. If it's going to cost you a lot, you do it even to the point of dying. It says that Jesus died, and and to die die is one thing. To die is one thing. Death can be easy. You can go from living to dying very quickly. It can be, you're done. But Jesus' death wasn't like that. Jesus suffered for hours and hours and hours, and he said nothing. Isaiah says, like a lamb to the slaughter, like a sheep before its shears, it was silent. He did not open his mouth. He could have stopped it at any point, but every millisecond that went by, he continued to choose to suffer for you. For you, like in that song, the weight of our sin was on him, and yet he chose to continue suffering. Breathe that in for a second that God could have stopped it and yet He didn't. And John wants us to know love because of that action that Jesus suffered for you. That's how you're going to know love. And as a result, you're going to suffer. So, church, how are you doing? Are you choosing to suffer? Or, or when the deed gets costly, do you bail? When love gets difficult to put into action, it goes outside of our comfort zone. It's not in my schedule or my time frame, and I'm too busy. Do you bail? Church, I'm preaching as much to me as I am to you this morning. It's going to cost you something. Something if we understand anything about Christianity, fundamental to Christianity is that we will die. Paul says, I die daily. Jesus says, if you want to follow me, you got to pick up your cross and follow me. cross wasn't just death, it was suffering. The cross was suffering. You're going to suffer because you're a Christian. Wow, isn't that hopeful? But it's true. It's fundamental to what Christianity is. What it means to be a Christian is that it's not going to be easy. You're going to have to suffer. and Paul is, or excuse me, John is saying specifically here that you can't just talk about love, love might cost you your very life. You want to know how much you might suffer? You might lay down your life for your brother. You can't just talk about it. You've got to do it. Church, this is about each and every one of us here. Paul's specific, or excuse me, golly, John is talking to a church of people who are supposed to be loving each other. This community, this is very practical for us in this very church body now. That you want to obey God's commands, you love God one another here. Here. That's specifically what we're talking about when we read this particular verses. Church, we can't just talk about love. We've got to do it. Who's with me? Who's who's ready to put love into action? Guys, we've got to stop talking about it. We've got to do it. Now, how many of you have got this Christian thing nailed. <laughs> not seeing any hands. <laughs> no, we we don't have this. We how often do we fall short? How often do we do we not live up to the expectations that we read about with Jesus as we try and live out the gospel and as we try and follow Jesus? How often do we fall short? Now, John is wise. John is so wise. So he writes this incredibly convicting verse about love, saying, you can't just talk about it. You've got to do it, and it might mean your own death. But he realizes that with Christians, we understand that Jesus is perfect, uh, that we might not live up to his expectations. And sometimes, us as Christians might feel some self-criticism. How many of you ever dealt with self-criticism? Yeah. Me, yep. Self-criticism. You don't feel like you're living up to the standards that Jesus set for. How often you feel like you're always falling short. How many of us look up to Paul, who wrote most of the New Testament? He says, the things I do, I don't want to do, and the things I don't want to do, I do. Right? If Paul... Can't even live up to these standards. Praise the Lord for Jesus, right? Praise the Lord for Jesus. So so John understands this, and he understands there might be some debilitating self-criticism in our walk as Christians. How many of you have ever, you don't have to raise your hands, but how many of you have ever wondered, like, how can God possibly save me? I'm I'm just, you're under the weight of your own sin. Or the opportunities you miss in loving people or the things that you say out of anger. How many of you have felt that debilitating self-criticism that how can God possibly love me? John has something to say to you and to me. In verse 19, he says, By this, we shall know that we are of the truth. We shall reassure our hearts before him. For whenever our heart condemns us, God is greater than our heart, and he knows everything. Beloved, if your heart does not condemn us, we have confidence before God, and whatever we ask, we receive from him, because we keep his commands and do what he ple- what pleases him. And this is the commandment, that we believe in the name of, of the Son of Jesus Christ, and and that we love one another just as he has commanded us. Whoever keeps his commands abides in God, and God in him. And by this we know that he abides in us, in the Spirit whom he has given us. He's essentially, John is essentially saying in this that when you feel condemned, but you're still obeying God's commands, you're still loving people, God knows your heart. God can see your heart even better than you can see yourself. And that in that very moment where we feel that deliberating self-criticism, that we feel like we're not measuring up, that we're not doing what God has called us to do in those moments, God knows our heart better than we know ourselves. How freeing is that? That we don't have to worry where we measure on the scale Jesus has already paid that for us. Jesus has already taken on that sacrifice of our sins in the areas that we don't measure up. Jesus has freed us from the kingdom of darkness, from, from the, He's delivered us from the power of evil and the wrath of God because of our sins. And Jesus knows our heart. So he ends it, if you notice right there, whoever keeps his commands abides in God and God in him. And by this, we know that he abides in us. And just the verse before that, love one another just as he commands. So keep his commands, love one another, not just in talk, but in deed. And you can assure yourself of the kingdom of heaven. You don't have to live wondering, where do I stand in the midst of this? Where where do I stand before God? Is he going to let me in? My part of his... He can't possibly love me. John says, no. You work on following his commands and loving daily. And God will take care of the rest. Obey his commands and love one another. It's so simple. This is what I'm talking about. John doesn't... Beat around the bush. It goes straight to it. Love one another. Obey his commands. You can't walk out of here today not knowing what to do next, right? <laughs> it's, in some ways, it's simple, but of course, talk is easier than actions, isn't it? You have to put it into action. <clears throat> one of the things I want to point out as we go through First John is this term John uses throughout the book, throughout the letter, throughout the poem. He says children. He, he says it four times in chapter two. He says it six times in chapter three. Three times in chapter four. He, he continually says children, children, children. And And maybe I relate to this in some ways, as a, a father, more so than I did when I was just a child of my parents. But when I think about them, I can I can relate to those two things: love each other and obey what I've told you. <laughs> right? Obey. Don't just don't just say I obey you. Do it. Right? <laughs> we we were dealing with this yesterday with. With their own kids having to pick up the living room and say can you go pick up the living room and after the the second time it was like you can't just say yes daddy you yes mommy you got to go do it (laughs) right and john in his old age is saying throughout the chapter children children this is simple children children you're a child of god children. It's just permeated throughout the book. If you were to underline children in love in the book of First John, it's basically underlining the whole thing. Yeah. So, as we get to the end of John chapter 3, we have a couple things to do. Right? A couple things to do. We've got to obey his commands, right? We've got to love one another. And then later we're gonna find out that we need to believe in Jesus. Now I, I say this because as John is trying to write this to a group of people, he's wanting them to understand that they can have assurance. How do you you know that you abide with God? Have you ever wanted to know how you abide with God, how you're in God's kingdom and God's reality? You obey his commands, you love one another, and you believe in Jesus. Listen, Listen to what the message, how the message translates the last few verses in 1 John chapter 3. He says, my dear children, let's not just talk about love. Let's practice real love. This is the only way we're going to know if we're truly living, living in God's reality. It's also the way to shut down deliberating self-criticism, even when there is something to it. For God is greater than our worried hearts and knows more about us than we do ourselves. You can know that you're in the will of God this morning. You can know that you're Obeying his commands. You can know if you're gonna have eternal life this morning. You obey his commands, you love one another, and you believe in Jesus. If there's anyone here who hasn't taken that last step to believe in Jesus, love to pray with you. What's interesting. As you think about this, John says that last in the chapter, because <laughs> it's not just a matter of of saying a prayer, "Get to heaven." John says, "You want to know that you abide with God, you've got to do what he says, put it into action, and believe that Christ resurrected from the dead and have Ashley come up and play this morning. Church, as we leave here, it's pretty clear what we need to do. Right? We've got to love one another. Not just in talk, not just in words. We've got to do it. We've got to do it despite the fact that it's not always going to be comfortable. It's not always going to feel good. It might get us out of our comfort zone a little. How uncomfortable? You may die for your brother. We've, we've got to get out of our comfort zone to put love into action. In this church body, in this church community, love is an action. Love is a deed. you got to do it. This week, I, I want you to leave here not just saying it. I want you to do it. I want you to think about a way that you can put love into action. What do you need to do this week? This can take on so many different avenues, so many different ways. I think God's going to give it to you this week, and I pray that he would. How are you going to love your brothers and sisters in this community? How can you show love this week? How can you get out of your comfort zone? I'm too busy. I haven't heard, I've heard very few people when I ask how you're doing, not say, oh, I'm so busy. It's starting to drive me nuts. Everyone is busy. Everyone's busy. you're going to suffer this week? Maybe it means canceling those plans and going to lunch. Maybe it means getting out of your comfort zone, your normal routine. Maybe it means sacrificing some money. I'm not going to guarantee this is going to be easy. We want to think that love feels good, Right? The love feel you're going to get recognized for the love. I'm going to show love and people are going to see it. That probably won't be the case. It probably won't. John says you got to suffer. He starts it that way. And I think he does it on purpose. You want to know love? Christ suffered for you. You're going to have to suffer. Now, don't just talk about love. Do it. How can you do that this way? I want to leave some time. We don't have to rush out of here. I want to leave some time that you can't say, give me the excuse of busyness, because he said you were going to be here anyways. That you can talk with God and say, God, how do you want me to love this week? How do you want me to love this week? Not just in talk, but in action. How can I love this week? What do I need to do? Take a few minutes and just pray. Lord, I pray you make it clear to these people that this body, this body, this church body would come together and put those things into action, that they would love indeed. Show it to them. What do you what do you want this church body to do? Who needs who needs it this week? And how can we die to ourselves this week? didn't lay it on your heart today, it's okay. Don't worry about it. I want you to keep your eyes open this week. Can you promise me that? Keep your eyes open for opportunities to love. I guarantee you'll have them. I can guarantee that. It might not be easy, but I can guarantee you have an opportunity to show love. Keep your eyes peeled. What's God doing in and amongst the people around you? Where's God working? How can you show love? If you need prayer this morning, the altars are going to be open. We're going to keep this place a place of prayer for a few more minutes. If you need prayer, come forward. There's going to be prayer team members up here. I pray that you go in peace go and love this week. I love you, church family. Lord, we thank you for, for what you've done. We thank you for your word. We thank you for who you are. God, make it clear to us this week. Show us how to love and de- team members come forward if you need prayer please come forward